Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour. The Philadelphia Eagles season is officially over. The one positive I got for you is that the torture can finally end. This team has been torturing us now for the last seven weeks, and all of us kept hoping and praying that they were going to get out of this funk or whatever the hell they're in. And they get absolutely embarrassed yesterday in Tampa Bay in that wild card matchup. And the season is over, and now there are a ton of questions surrounding this team. And we're going to get into all of it. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of things that this Eagles team needs to decide. Some of you guys were just on Birds 365. I was covering for Johnny Mac, so me and Jody just spent two hours talking about a lot of this. A lot of you guys were here on the post-game show last night where me, Mikey Miss, Farzee, and Seth Joyner were talking about all this. And we're going to be talking about this for a long time, guys, because we have a long offseason ahead of us with this Eagles team. Well, let's get a little roll call from the Philly Sports Power Hour crew. I see Roy Mundy, Wine Niners Wine, Jason A-Team, Twiz, David Laprati, Mike Fittery, Crawley, John, Jimmy Wen, Sun Worshipper. Jay Gillespie, Chuck Hutton, MC, M. Reyes. What is up? Marcus Craig, Elliot, a lot of guys, a lot of girls, a lot of people in the chat today. And I know we all want to vent. And I just can't believe, guys, I just can't believe what we saw from this Eagles team last night. We could talk about the epic collapse, and we will. And we'll talk about what's happened over the last seven weeks. But I cannot remember a Philadelphia Eagles team that has given up like this team gave up when you're still in the playoffs. We've seen teams check out before. Those teams in the last games of Chip Kelly's career checked out on Chip Kelly. Some would argue that even those teams at the end of Andy Reid's tenure here may have checked out on Andy Reid. But those were losing teams. Those were teams that just wanted the season to end because they didn't make the playoffs. They weren't going anywhere. This was a team that checked out three weeks ago. Even with the playoffs in front of them, they checked out. Even in a playoff game in Tampa, where you are favorite to win that game, they checked out. And I think we're going to learn a lot over the next few days about what the hell is going on in that locker room. Because for me, this is more than just losing football games. 
there is some deep-rooted problems going on with this Eagles team and this Eagles organization, and I think we're going to find a lot out over the next few days. And the questions all around this team now, what happens with the coaching staff? Is Nick Sirianni back next season? Does Jeffrey Lurie make a change to this coaching staff after what we just watched over the last seven games? Last night, let's start on the defensive side of the football. Because you know I think this defense lacks personnel. I've been saying that for weeks. And we can talk about the personnel in a second. And we could talk about Howie Roseman in a second. But it doesn't take talent to try to tackle somebody. It doesn't take talent to put in effort. It doesn't take talent to have desire on the football field. And what you saw from this Eagles defense last night was not only did they lack talent, but they lacked effort and desire and will. There were so many missed tackles in that game. It was embarrassing to watch. It was really embarrassing to watch this team in a playoff game going up against a team that, let's be honest, you should dominate this team. You did dominate this team early in the season. And you come out and you let them put up over 400 yards of offense against you. You couldn't tackle anybody. You couldn't cover anybody. And yes, they lack talent. And yes, I blame Howie Roseman for the lack of talent on the defensive side of the football. But the lack of desire and the lack of will and aggression, that's on this coaching staff. What I saw from the defense last night was a defense that has completely checked out on their coaching staff. Nick Sirianni's message is not getting through to this football team. And I've never seen anything like it. I have never seen a team check out on their coaching staff in a playoff game. This isn't a 4-12 and team, a 4-13 and team in the last game of the year checking out. This was a playoff game. Embarrassing. And you look at that defense now. They just gave up 400 yards to the Tampa Bay Bucks. You go back, they gave up 400 yards in week 18 to the Giants. They gave up 400 yards in week 17 to the Arizona Cardinals. These aren't good offenses that are dominating you. The Tampa Bay Bucks were the 23rd-ranked offense in the entire NFL in the regular season, and they just dropped 400 yards on this defense. And that lack of aggression, that lack of will, that's on Nick Sirianni. And guys, I forgot to tell you, later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. So really curious what Dave's going to have to say here. And I want to find out from Dave, what's the schedule today? What, what happens with these players? They come in, they clean out their lockers. Will we hear from anybody? 
Will Nick Sirianni speak today? When does Howie Roseman? When does Jeffrey Lurie speak? So we'll find all that out, hopefully, from Dave Spadaro. But you also look at this Bucks team. They were the worst rushing offense in the entire NFL this year. 32nd out of 32 teams. They dropped 119 on the Eagles last night. That is now nine straight games that the Philadelphia Eagles defense has given up over 100 yards rushing on the ground. It's pathetic. What this defense did this season, especially over the last few games, is the worst defensive performance that I can remember from a Philadelphia Eagles defense in all of the time that I've been an Eagles fan. And that's not an exaggeration. I tried to think last night of a time when this defense was worse than the defense we're currently seeing, or were seeing because the season's over. We've got to talk in past tense now as reality sets in. The worst performances I can remember from a defense. This may be the worst defense the Eagles have had in a really long time. I'm trying to remember a worse defense. And all I keep going back to is maybe when Andy Reid took an offensive line coach in Juan Castillo and made him the defensive coordinator, that may be the last time we saw a defense this freaking bad. And I blame it on coaching. I blame it on Nick Sirianni, the lack of aggressiveness, the lack of will, the lack of desire. I blame Matt Patricia for the schemes and the game plan. But we also cannot absolve Howie Roseman because he's the one who constructed this defensive roster. He's the one who decided, let's start on the defensive line and we're going to work our way back. Let's start on the D-line. He's the one who decided to bring back Derek Barnett this year. And Derek Barnett gave you nothing. So then he was the one who decided to cut Derek Barnett. And we can debate whether that was the right decision or not. For me, the wrong decision was bringing back Derek Barnett. Because once he gave you nothing, like he hasn't given you since 2017, you had no depth on the edge. That's on Howie Roseman. The reason Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick hit a wall, you had no depth on the edge. Let's go to the D-tackle position. Your best D-tackle is still Fletcher Cox. Jalen Carter hit a wall, as you expect from a rookie. But Jordan Davis, out of shape. That's on Howie Roseman. That's your draft pick. Let's go to the linebackers. You ignored the linebacker position. You came into this season with N'Kobe Dean, who's played 34 career snaps before this year, and you thought you could piecemeal that position. You brought in Nick Morrow that the Bears didn't want. You brought in Zach Cunningham in training camp that nobody else wanted. You had to pick up Shaq Leonard after he got cut from the Colts. Howie Roseman is the reason that this linebacker core stunk. Let's keep going. Go to the safety position. You ignored the safety position. You thought that you could fill those roles with Reed Blankenship, I was okay with that move, give Reed Blankenship a shot. But then your other safety, you thought you'd fill that role with Terrell Edmonds, who Mike Tomlin didn't want anymore. With Justin Evans, who's been on IR his entire career. Where did he finish this season? 
on IR. Greedy Williams, who remembers that guy? Didn't make it out of training camp. Then you had to make a desperate trade for Kevin Byard, who's lost one, two, three steps from the guy he used to be. That's on Howie Roseman. You go to the corners. I know no one expected James Bradbury to take the step back that he took, but that's on Howie Roseman. It's up to him. It's his job and his scouting department to evaluate these players. And when you put all of that money into two 30-year-old corners, you have to know that there is a chance that one of them is going to take a massive step backwards. And that's what happened. This defense and the way it is constructed is squarely on the shoulders of Howie Roseman. And this is not looking in hindsight with 2020. We were talking about it all offseason, that you can't ignore the positions that you ignored. It was arrogance on Howie Roseman's part. Because in 2017, when they won that Super Bowl, he made moves like that, and they hit on every single one of them. Every one-year deal for a veteran guy they brought in turned out to work. And he tried to do it again this year, and it was a disaster on the defensive side of the football. So, yes, the lack of aggression and the lack of will and the lack of desire is on Nick Sirianni. But the lack of talent and personnel on that defense that we've seen all year wasn't just under Matt Patricia, wasn't just under Sean Desai. It was all season long that defense lacked personnel, and that's on Howie. And then you look at the offensive side of the football. What the hell are Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson doing? I was making jokes last week that the Eagles were still going to throw the ball 40 damn times, even though Jalen Hurts had an injured finger and A.J. Brown was out. I was making jokes. And they come out in that first half, the first half, and they run the ball five times and throw it 21 times. I could not believe what I was watching. It was the most frustrating thing to sit there helpless watching a coaching staff fail to put their players in the best positions on offense. And I'm not absolving Jalen Hurts. We'll get to Jalen Hurts. He needs to play better. But this coaching staff, this offensive coaching staff, what they did last night was one of the worst coaching performances I can remember for a Philadelphia Eagles team. To go into a game where you know that Todd Bowles is going to blitz the hell out of Jalen Hurts, where you know that you're missing your number one wide receiver, where you know that your quarterback has a dislocated finger, where you know that your defense isn't good and can't stop anybody, And you know that the way to win this game, the formula to win this game, is to try to establish the run like you did in week three. Win the time of possession battle. Keep your defense on the sidelines. Take the pressure off of Jalen Hurts and this blitz. And you run the ball five times in the first half. And when you do drop back to throw 21 damn times, you have zero answer for the blitz. The Tampa Bay Bucs had 10 times where they were able to get unblocked pressure on Jalen Hurts, the most by any defense in the entire league this season. Ten unblocked pressures. Zero answers 
from that offensive coaching staff. Zero. And I'm not absolving Jalen Hurts. Jalen needs to play better. There were times he missed open receivers. There were times where he escaped the pocket way too early. That safety he took in the second half, you can't take that safety. You cannot. I believe that ball was snapped at the 14-yard line, and he's taken that safety. So Jalen does need to play better. There's no doubt about it. But this coaching staff did not put these offensive players in positions to win. And you look at that offense, every single player on the offensive side of the football regressed this season. Every single one of them. That's on the coaching staff. Without a doubt. When you have that much talent on the offensive side of the ball and every one of them regresses this year, that's on Sirianni and Brian Johnson. Now there's going to be a lot of questions of what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do. Do they move on from the coach? A couple of weeks ago, I would have thought that would be an extreme overreaction to move on from a guy that's gotten you to the playoffs three years in a row, to move on from a guy who's coming off of a Super Bowl loss. And we're talking 300 days ago, guys. It was exactly 337 days ago that the Philadelphia Eagles were up 10 points in Super Bowl 57. We're this close to winning a Super Bowl. And that 337 days might as well be 337 years because it feels like that was an eternity ago with where we are right now, with where we sit right now. Now Jason Kelsey retires. There's questions up and down this lineup, this roster, this coaching staff. It's going to be a long offseason. But when we get back, guys, we're going to be joined by Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Not sure what we're going to be able to get from our buddy Dave today. He usually can provide some positivity. There is no positivity today. But when we get back, we'll be joined by Dave. Hit that like button. Hit that share button, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody, and welcome back in. To the Philly Sports Power Hour on this tough, tough Tuesday with the realization that the Philadelphia Eagles season is over a lot sooner than all of us expected, at least all of us expected a few weeks ago. I think a lot of people expected it to end after what we've seen the last couple of games. But let's bring in our Eagles insider, Dave Spadaro, to the show. David, what's going on, my friend? morning uh hey you know just feel terrible this morning and crappy game crappy end to the season and you know just super disappointing to think that uh two months ago the team was 10 and 1 and still looking for that you know that that defining game and who knew that it would be the loss to the san francisco 49ers that really kind of revealed what this football team was all about and then from that point on just a a, a really tough two months of football. Yeah, it really has been. And Dave, first, let me say, man, I, I really appreciate that every week, win or lose, you come on this show and talk to us about the Eagles. Thank so you. Thank you very much. It's been a fun season this year. Yeah. Well, let's hey, talk. Look, I know how the fans. I know how the fans are feeling. I mean, you know, I'm a fan. Um, I'm a part of the team. It's it's a shitty feeling right now, and. Um, but I certainly uh, understand how the fans feel, and just it's shocking the way that this season turned around. I don't think at any point, you know, you and I talked through the year, like you really felt like the Eagles were where they wanted to be, even though the record was there. You kept waiting for that game, right? 60 minutes of great football. But to have it go the other way, um, I mean, I, I don't, did I ever bring up the 1981 comparison? I'm not sure, but it is very similar. Oh. So very similar, right? They that team started six and zero, nine and two, four straight losses. Um, win the final game of the regular season, lose to the Giants, and then season over. Now the key is that the Eagles don't go where that team went. Nineteen eighty two strike year, Dick Vermeil retires, burns out. Eagles don't win a playoff game again until nineteen ninety two. Oh boy, come on, Dave. <laughs> Couldn't well, take it, I mean, look, this is a, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that, but I'm saying that you cannot think that anything is just you don't snap your fingers and get right back in the game. Not with a team that, that looks like it has a lot of improving to do. And I know players say it a lot. Coaches say it a lot that you can't take anything for granted. 
that it's so hard to get to the Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl. And why I keep getting so sad today is I keep looking back to, and I, I said it earlier on the show, 337 days ago, we were up 10 in Super Bowl 57. It was there, man. It was there. And now, less than a year later, that feels like it was 100 years ago, Dave. That yeah, I mean, I, I always said that about the Andy Reid years, that the biggest crime of that era of Eagles football was that it didn't win a Super Bowl. You know, very good teams that were in the game, in the hunt every year. And then you realize how fleeting that is. And certainly, February 12th, 2023, um, you know, I'm at halftime and Rihanna's out there on on field and she's belting out her her big hits. And I was in a great mood thinking that Patrick Mahomes was hurt and that the Eagles were playing good football and that the defense was going to be good. And um, you look back and you go, man, that was that was the team that 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 was the best team in the NFL. No doubt. I have no doubt. But they were not the best team that day. And how quickly things change um, right now because it's just, it does, Bill. It seems like yesterday, it also seems like so far away. And I know you're not immune to the outside noise. I know you you hear the fans. I know you see people saying that Sirianni is going to lose his job, and I'm not going to ask you that, obviously. But what's the schedule like now, Dave, if you know? When, when will we hear – from Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman about what the future looks like for this team. Can we expect? So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know that yet. It hasn't been established, but there's no media today. And, uh, you know, they have a team meeting midday tomorrow uh, and no media has been announced yet for tomorrow. It's usually, you know, that's that tomorrow would be the clean out day, the locker. Everybody goes in the locker room and cleans out. Um, as far as when we would hear from anybody that has not yet been established. And let's talk about a guy that we haven't heard officially yet, but it's being reported that Jason Kelsey may have retired. And just tell us, Dave, what Jason Kelsey has meant to this yeah. team, this organization. It, it, in, it, I, before I do that, like it's just in a way, it's a shame that the way the media works right now, that, and I, it's no fault of anybody's, but. Like Jason tried to have a really private moment with his teammates. Yeah. And should have the opportunity to stand up in whatever platform he wants and announce his retirement. And instead, it's being reported now today. So that but you know, by the time that he announces it, it's kind of like, well, we already knew that. And that I find that to be a shame because Jason deserves to have everything that he wants and the way he wants it. Because for somebody like him who's given so much to every single one of us in every single way. Um, I mean, the epitome of a Hall of Famer in, in every single way. Great teammate, great player, great mentor, great leader, uh, uh, a young player who learned his way, who came into the NFL as an undersized guy, um, started right away, you know, went through some coaches, has been an unbelievably great football player within the organization is incredible. Never says no to the media. So great to work with a role model as a, as a husband and a dad, uh, 
the way he interacts with fans. Anybody who's ever gone down to the Eagles Autism Foundation event in Sea Isle in the summer knows that. Always takes time for the fans. He respects the fans. He understands how important the fans are and what they mean to him. So, I mean, I, I there's of all, you know, the years and years that I've been doing this, there are a few players who stick out. Troy Vincent sticks out, you know, to a degree, John Dornbos, not at the level of Hall of Fame player, and Jason Kelsey. And, um, you know, the connection that he had with the fans, incredible. You know, I, I just, I was the MC of the Super Bowl parade, the parade of champions. And, you know, to see Jason go up there, we were all kind of going like, well, first of all, at eight o'clock in the morning, he walks in with, with Bo Allen and he walks in with a 30 pack and he's wearing the mummers outfit and he goes up on stage and we were like, what the heck is he saying here? And somebody nudged me and said, Hey, Dave, you know, you might want to get him off. I'm like, are you crazy that this would be the most like the, the, the death now you do not interrupt Jason Kelsey at this moment. And he delivered a speech that is epic, all-timer, great, and just came back and played grateful. And to go out in this in this season, if that indeed is the case, playing at the level that he's playing, remarkable football player. And all of that should not be forgotten. The level of football player he is um, will be – Eagles fans, I know that you cherish every moment of Jason Kelsey. Just take some time to kind of reflect on it because – it has truly been one once in a lifetime kind of player. Yeah, it really is. And to be an all pro this year, I just hate the way his career is going to end. I'm going to always have that. Well, look, I mean, it, but you know, you step back, Bill, it, it, end, it ended, it was, a, it was an ugly loss on Monday night. Agreed. But he was in the playoffs again. Um, he was on national television. I mean, like, I, you know, you have to put it in some perspective. This is why you never, like, you never take being in the postseason for granted. You don't take any of this for granted. You don't take that the Eagles are going to come storming back. There's a lot of work to do. You you must, and that's what's so disappointing about, you know, what's happened here in the last 12 months, 11 months, is that they were on the, you know, 30 minutes away from a Super Bowl. And then you come back and you battle through everything. And it's really hard to come back. And you're 10 and one. And to see it collapse, um, I mean, it, it really, you, you, these moments don't happen all the time. We, we in Philadelphia, look, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie has been a great owner. 20 playoff appearances in 30 seasons. That is very, very rare in the NFL. And speaking of Jeffrey Lurie, I, I had read some reports, this was before the Bucks game, that the fact that we hadn't heard from Jeffrey Lurie, some people in the media were saying, oh, well, Jeffrey Lurie could have came out and said Sirianni's job was safe, or it could have been leaked out that Sirianni's job was safe. And the fact that they didn't means that maybe his job wasn't safe. My thoughts on it, and I'm curious if yours is, we never hear from Jeffrey Lurie during Correct. the season. Correct. Right. That, I mean, he's always he's a guy consistent. who waits. Yeah. Hey, look, he's consistent with what he's done year after year after year. So. If there is anything to say, Jeffrey will say it. If there's not anything to say, we'll hear from him at the owners' meetings in in spring, uh, March. Uh, but that's the way he's always done it. He's always had a state of the team in March, and you know has stayed out of the limelight, out of the spotlight. And for that, that is one of 80 million reasons Jeffrey's a great chairman CEO. 
Now, you mentioned March, the, the owners' meeting. If there's not going to be a change to the to the coaching staff, will we not hear from Jeffrey until March, or do you think he'll talk in the next? I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't. That's not. That's not me for me to speak on. That's the. That's Jeffrey to set his schedule and. But but historically, I don't think. I mean, we heard from Jeffrey last year at the Super Bowl, or did we? I don't even remember if we heard from him at the Super Bowl last year. I don't think we did. We didn't hear from him after the game, until we didn't hear from him after the Super Bowl until March. Because he opened up in March saying we'd really love to have that, you know, minute and whatever it was, 43 seconds left to get one more drive out of Jalen Hurts. Um, but, you know, they called the pass interference penalty on James Bradbury. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the way he's always done it. So Jason Kelsey most likely is retired. We'll hopefully get an announcement from him soon. But there's a couple other veterans on this team. The other top two or excuse me, top three most games played in franchise history. You have Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Graham has said after the game he would like to come back. Do you see that happening? And what about Fletcher Cox? Do you think he'll play another season? I mean, I don't know what the Eagles' plans are for those two free agents to be, um, but uh, they are still looking to play more football in the NFL. Whether that's with the Eagles or not, I don't. I have no idea. Um, you know, we saw Fletcher have a very unusual situation last year to come back. Um, but look, I mean, two again, two great, great football players. Who I mean, Brandon had a nice game last night, and Fletcher had a good season. BG is a very positive influence, and and in a role can be a productive player. And so, I think I think the rule of thumb in the NFL is you generally play until. A, you just you just body just wore out. You just you just don't have it left. You just don't have you can't go get yourself ready to go for another season. Or none of the thirty two teams are going to pay you anymore. And I would imagine that there is still a market for Fletcher and for BG. And I mean, it would be great to have him back. I mean, I love them both. Um, and, and from a leadership standpoint, from a role model standpoint, there's a lot of work to be done on this football team. And I don't think you go wrong having. Brandon Graham or Fletcher Cox in your locker room and on your football team. So we knew coming into the season that the Super Bowl hangover that had been discussed was kind of a real thing. There wasn't many teams that were able to get over it. But one of the things that I kept hanging my hat on all offseason was this veteran leadership and this culture that had been built. And everything you had heard about Sirianni over the last couple of years is how strong of the culture was with the Eagles organization and especially because of these veteran leaders. But it looked like over the last few weeks that they didn't have that resiliency. They didn't have that ability to overcome adversity. We talked about earlier after that 49ers game, they were never able to bounce back. What do you think happened? Well, certainly, I mean, look, we've talked about this. You, you find out about your leadership in times of, of difficulty. And so, you know, the Eagles have to step back and, and look at that and say, you know, what did happen? I, I don't have an answer. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, look, I I know that the 1994 Eagles, you know, I was there and Rich Kotite's team was 7-2 and two and he was looking for a new contract and boasted to the new owner, Jeffrey Lurie, about being 7-2 and two and they lost seven straight games. But that wasn't a team with that you really thought was a, a, a championship caliber team. This was. And to see it fall apart like it did raises a lot of questions. Um, 
And that's why this is going to be such a critical offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles in franchise history. I think it's a, a very significant pivot for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, they've got to make some tough decisions. They've got to make some great decisions and find a way to get this team not only back on course for 2024, but to build and sustain. And, you know, when you look around the NFC, you see a team like the Rams building with young players, the Packers still alive with all their young players. Um, you know, the NFC East is kind of a mishmash of, of teams with Washington looking for new leadership, new coaching, Dallas with their collapse in the playoffs, the Giants with a really bad 2023 season. The NFC East looks like it could be there for the taking, certainly in 2024, but the rest of the conference at Seattle with, you know, going in a new direction, but with a bunch of young players and draft picks and so forth. So the Eagles have to really get it back on track in a sustainable fashion. And so, um, yeah, you know, you look at, at what happened and you kind of go, all right, let's be rational here. Let's not rush into anything. Let's think about what did happen here. How do we correct, you know, this, this seven losses in the last eight weeks? Yeah, a lot of decisions need to be made, coaching decisions, because we didn't talk about the coordinators. We'll see if any changes get made there. There's a lot of free agents this season. I know a lot of guys are coming into the final years of their deal as well. Preseason, there was some chatter that Reddick wanted a new deal. So a lot of things need to occur. But I'm sure as sad as we are right now, we'll all get our second wind. We'll get excited for free agency and then the draft. But Two hundred. That's, usually, that's usually the cycle. That's usually the cycle of life for a, for a football fan. And uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really pivotal off season. I don't I don't I don't take it lightly at all. I think it's a really critical. You know what is the next step for this franchise? Kind of off season. Well, Dave, like I said, man, I do appreciate you coming on. Win or lose, it's been fun. Hopefully, we can still keep connecting on the show. Always happen, but always. Hey, and it's always go birds, and. You know, thanks to all the fans. I mean, you know, it was it was a tough year for everyone. A, a lot of roller coaster. You know, great wins in that in that ten and one start, and then it's just a a really unfortunate collapse. And so, you know, all the love to all the fans always, and go birds, and let's see what the Eagles do here in the next in the days to come, in the weeks to come, and how to get back on track for twenty twenty four and beyond. It'll be interesting. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk soon, my brother. All right, Bill. Thanks so much. So that's Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. So we'll learn more hopefully over the next couple of days about what's going to happen with this Philadelphia Eagles team and the coaching staff. And I want to talk a little bit more when we get back about some of the questions with this roster already that need to be discussed. So stay tuned, guys. Hit that like button. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. 
One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour. It's a tough morning, guys. It is a tough morning. Did the post-game show last night here on Jacob in Atlantic City. Got home about 2.30 in the morning after driving through that snowstorm. Woke up this morning, did Birds 365 with Jody Mack. Now doing the Philly Sports Power Hour. We're going to do legal hands to the face later today. And not complaining about doing all that. I love that. I love talking about the Eagles. It's just depressing that what we need to talk about is the state of this team and this organization. Because the fall off, the drop off from last year to this year is remarkable. We finished that Super Bowl last season thinking that we had a young stud franchise quarterback. That we had a young head coach that was going to have this team competing for Super Bowls year after year. That we had a roster that was stacked up and down on both sides of the football. And we sit here today, and I don't know what we have. I'm not even sure we have a head coach. And I'm reading the chat throughout the show, and I see you guys. You want them to move on from Nick Sirianni. 
And I can't disagree. And if you guys follow me and you follow the show, if we go all the way back coming into this season, I was talking about how Nick Sirianni was the best coach in the NFC. I really thought that Sirianni was a good coach. I really thought that the culture he built was strong enough to overcome adversity, and we were wrong, or I was wrong. If you guys have never been a fan of Nick Sirianni, credit to you. But I thought he had built a strong enough culture. And look, they can move on from Sirianni. That may happen if, in fact, he's lost the locker room. And I think if I'm Jeffrey Lurie, the first thing I'm doing, the very first thing, is I am sitting down with Jason Kelsey. I'm talking to Fletcher Cox. I'm talking to Brandon Graham. I'm talking to the three guys who have played more games for this Eagles organization than anyone in Eagles history. And I'm asking them, what the hell is going on in that locker room? Does this team have faith in Nick Sirianni? And if their answer isn't an absolute yes, Nick Sirianni should be the guy, then you have to move on. Lean on these veteran leaders. Find out what the problem is. And I see Jay Gilleps should have turned it off after the first offensive series. Two rushes for a first down, three straight passes, two empty sets, 20-yard pass into colliding routes on third and two with no blitz pickup or hot route. Jay Gillespie, spot on, man. Spot on. The performance we saw from this offensive coaching staff, as Seth likes to say, was coaching malfeasance. To come out in this game when everyone all week, including your own offensive linemen, you had Jordan Maialata talking to the media, basically begging the coaching staff to run the football. Your offense wanted to run the football. And you come out in that first half and you run the ball five times. And on that opening drive, like Gillespie is talking about, you run the ball on the first two plays of the game. You get to a third and two. You're picking up four yards of pop. You get to a third and two. And you come out in an empty set. Not even the threat of a run on third and two. After you just picked up four yards of pop, you come out on a third and two in an empty set and you drop back to throw the ball. Or let's go to the fourth and 10. They decide to kick a field goal. There's an offsides penalty. It makes it a fourth and five. Now the Eagles are going to go for it. Was there anybody watching that game who didn't know Todd Bowles is going to probably bring a Brits? Probably going to bring a blitz here on fourth and five. The blitz comes. Eagles have no answers. And guess what route they have Devontae Smith running? A vertical. Like they do on every single damn blitz. That offense. We could talk about how this team gave up on Sirianni. And that may be the end of him. And the reason that they move on from him. But my God, was this offense tough to watch especially over the last few weeks, with zero answers for the Blitz. Zero commitment to the running game. I just can't believe that they came out in this game 
after putting up 200 yards rushing on this team in week three, they came out and they gave DeAndre Swift in the first half four carries. He was averaging four yards a pop in the first half. The problem was they only gave it to him four times and he had 16 yards. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing what this coaching staff did on the offensive side of the football. And we're going to find out in the next couple of days if they're going to keep Nick Sirianni as the head coach. And as much as I think they should move on, after what we just saw, I saw a team that gave up on their coach. As much as I think they should move on, I just have a strong feeling that they're not going to. I think Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman are probably going to make the decision to run it back with Sirianni, get more involved, and say, look, you're going to come back, but we're going to be involved in hiring your next coordinators. And it's going to be more of the same next season. I just, I don't see Jeffrey Lurie firing Nick Sirianni. I just don't see it happening. Now, maybe what we saw last night could change that. Maybe when he talks to these veterans like I would do, I would talk to Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and learn a little bit more about what the hell happened. Maybe at that point. But I just don't think it's a Jeffrey Lurie-type move at this point to move on from Sirianni. Yes, he moved on from Doug Peterson, but that was a couple years after the Super Bowl. He moved on from Chip Kelly, but that was a disaster. Some would say this was a disaster. It was. But that was a little bit different with Chip Kelly and his ego. He moved on from Andy Reid, but that was after a long time. And I see in the chat here Marcus Craig saying they would throw everything to get Jim Harbaugh. I'd love for them to bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh, but let's be honest with ourselves. Is Jim Harbaugh the type of coach that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman would ever bring in here? A guy with that strong of a personality that's going to want a lot more control? We know what Lurie and Roseman want. They want puppets. That's what they want. As great as Super Bowl 52 was for us as fans, one of the greatest experiences of my life was being there in Minnesota watching Super Bowl 52 and the Philadelphia Eagles winning their first Super Bowl. As great as that was, that also built the ego of Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman to unprecedented levels. They saw what happened in 2017, and they think now that they can do whatever they want to do. They handpicked Doug Peterson. They told him who his defensive coordinator was going to be. They filled positions with one-year deal veterans. And Howie Roseman, he, you've heard him say it. You've heard his ego. You've heard him say, I brought you your first Super Bowl. I brought you your only Super Bowl. Their ego... And their arrogance now makes them believe that that's the way to continue to win in this league, to get a puppet of a head coach, to tell him who his coordinators are going to be, 
to step in with four games left in the season and tell him you're going to change defensive coordinators. We're going to make you go to Matt Patricia and run somebody else's defense. That's the arrogance from Howie Roseman. And that's why I don't see them ever bringing in a guy like a Jim Harbaugh. If they do decide to make a move from Howie Roseman, I know everybody wants the popular names. You hear Bill Belichick's name, Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie don't hire retreads. They don't hire defensive coaches. Look at all of their last hires. Nick Sirianni was an offensive coach that nobody knew about. Doug Peterson was an offensive coach that nobody knew about. We only knew about him because he played quarterback here under Andy Reid. Andy Reid was an offensive coach that nobody knew about. The only time they went after the shiny object was Chip Kelly. And it blew up in their face, and I don't think they'll ever do it again. So even if they fire Nick Sirianni this week, I don't see Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman bringing in a retread of a coach. That includes Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. And I don't see them bringing in a defensive coach. It doesn't fit the mold of what they like to do. So, again, that would eliminate Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel. And I certainly don't see them bringing in a guy like Jim Harbaugh simply because he's not going to get controlled by Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie the way they want to control a head coach. And like I said, the 2017 Super Bowl 52, one of the greatest memories all of us will have as Eagles fans, it emboldened this team. It emboldened Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman to think that they can duplicate that by controlling everything, by handpicking coordinators, by getting a coach they can control, by ignoring positions on the defensive side of the football and filling them with one-year veterans on one-year deals. And guys, we're running out of time here, but be sure to check out the Legal Hands to the Face show later today. Make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter. We'll be posting content all offseason because there's going to be a lot of things to talk about. Because real quickly, you look at the free agents for this team, and there are a ton of them. Just looking at the defensive side of the football, all of these guys are free agents. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Shaq Leonard, Zach Cunningham, Sean Bradley, Nicholas Morrow. All those guys are free agents. And then you got to make decisions about James Bradbury with his $17 million cap hit in 2024 if they tried to cut him. You got to make decisions at the safety position because do you have faith in Kevin Byard and Reed Blankenship? You got to make decisions at corner with Avante Maddox. Are we really going to run it back again with Avante Maddox who can't stay on the damn field? Bradley Roby. It's going to be a long offseason with a lot of question marks. And we'll continue to talk about the offensive line because obviously with Jason Kelsey retiring, do you move Cam Jurgens over to center? And Cam Jurgens had a terrible game yesterday. Terrible. 
But do you move Cam Jurgens over to center? Well, now who's your right guard? I thought they drafted Tyler Steen to hopefully replace Jurgens at right guard when Kelsey retired. But what do we know about Steen? Did he play enough this year for us to have faith that he could step in there? Any way you slice it, even if Cam Jurgens turns out to be a very good center, tough to replace a Hall of Famer. Tough to replace an all-pro like Jason Kelsey. A lot of question marks, guys. A lot of question marks. But we'll continue to break it down. It's going to be a long offseason for us to talk about it all. Make sure you're following. But like we end every show with a little Today in Sports History. Well, Today in Sports History, I'm going to end it like this. Unfortunately, January 16th, 2024, is when we got the news that Philadelphia Eagles all-time great Jason Kelsey will be retiring. Seven-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, unfortunately only a one-time Super Bowl champ. Would have really have loved to see Jason Kelsey go out with another Super Bowl championship. It just didn't happen. But he will go down as one of the best Philadelphia Eagles of all time. Not only for his play on the field, but what he did off the field. What he did for this city, what he did for this fan base charitable efforts and the memories that he gave us and none of us none of us will ever forget that speech at the Super Bowl parade one of the best speeches you'll ever hear from a player and he just embodied everything that this city and this fan base was and it's terrible absolutely terrible that the last memory we'll have of him in an Eagles uniform was him walking off the field last night in an embarrassing effort by this Philadelphia Eagles team. But try to remember the good times because Jason Kelsey, you don't get players like that very often, if ever, in an organization. And he will be remembered always as one of the all-time greatest Philadelphia Eagles we've ever seen. But guys, hit that like button for me. Hit that share button. We'll be back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Philly Sports Power Hour. And check out the Legal Hands to the Face show later on tonight. It'll be airing on the Jacob Sports Network at 6.30. It'll be airing on my YouTube channel around 1 o'clock. We're going to do a little early today to get all this stuff out because I got to keep talking about this damn, damn team because if I don't talk about it, I'm going to curl up into a ball, get in the fetal position. Very frustrating. Guys, I'll talk to you all tomorrow. And as always, go birds. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.